This morning we uh, continue in our series on the Belgian Confession, Article 1, about the nature of God. Let's confess this together. We believe in the heart and confess with the mouth that there is a unique and simple spiritual being whom we call God, eternal, incomprehensible, invisible, unchangeable, and infinite, who is wise in the overflowing source of all good things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please give us a great sense of the fact that you are good and the source of all goodness. Help us to understand our sin through the preaching of the law and understand uh, grace through the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The scripture lesson comes from Proverbs chapter 8, and you can find that on page 532 of your pew Bibles. Once again, we hear God's word from Proverbs chapter 8, all verses. Brothers and sisters, this is God's word. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call. And my cries to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you have does not compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me, and filling their treasuries." The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth, before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, 
and he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Word of God so far. Congregation of Christ and friends, this afternoon we look at God's attribute of wisdom. The wisdom of God may be distinguished from the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is God knowing all things past, present, and future perfectly. He knows all things exhaustively about you and the universe. Before anything happens, God knows them. That means God ordains all things that happen. Nothing occurs or exists without God's will or his action. The wisdom of God is different. God's wisdom is his perfect skill in applying his knowledge in this world for his perfect ends. God's wisdom is the order or the logic that he has built into the universe itself. It is God accomplishing things perfectly in this world. One of the ways you understand God's wisdom is by examining what the scriptures have to say about the wisdom people may attain. And from that, you work your way to the attribute of God's wisdom. So this wisdom that may be attained reflects God's wisdom. The wisdom literature of the Bible, such as Psalms, Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, tell you to fear the Lord as the beginning of wisdom. With the fear of the Lord as a basis, you are to seek the skill of living in this world according to the order that God has built into it, to seek that order out. And so you see that God's wisdom is the order or the logic He has built into the universe. From a study of the universe or the creation which God has produced, you understand God's wisdom. Furthermore, the redemption of God in Christ allows a deeper understanding of the wisdom of God. Therefore, you may understand God's wisdom from the creation and in redemption. But first, you understand this wisdom more clearly by contrasting it with man's folly, and this is not hard to do in our present world. Recently, there's been an increased attack on religion and on Christianity in particular. A few years ago, Sam Harris wrote a book called The End of Faith, in which he bashes religion. Richard Dawkins, many of you know about him, is an evolutionary biologist who wrote a book called The God Delusion, which is also a caustic attack on religion and Christianity in particular. More recently, Christopher Hitchens came out with his book, God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. Of course, that title speaks for itself. Attacks on Christianity are nothing new. But their continuation serves to illustrate the folly, the foolishness of mankind. Psalm 14 says this, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. 
then the psalmist continues, they are corrupt, they do abominable deeds, there's none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside, together they have become corrupt, there is none who does good, not even one. The men who wrote the books we mentioned are very intelligent. They understand much about the world and the way things work. Dr. Dawkins has studied biological systems and some of his conclusions about the systems are correct. But at the same time, he and his friends are foolish. They have common knowledge but lack wisdom. They have turned aside from God and have become corrupt, confessing there is no God. They have knowledge, they have understanding, they're intelligent, but they're fools. What appears to be their final conclusion about God is a consequence of their own sin and God's wrath. Paul says this in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and following. Here, Paul says that God is angry with those who have suppressed the truth through their own unrighteousness. They have suppressed the fact that God exists and makes Him known in a general way in the creation. Now notice how Paul brings in in the wisdom dimension in this passage. He says, Those who deny God have become futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise... They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. So what's amazing here is that the invisible foolish thoughts and ideas of people are brought out into the open in the way that they regard God. And some of these people even worship subordinate creatures, creatures that are foolish, that have no mind like a human being does, and they worship these things. And the foolishness is confirmed by the fact that people aren't even embarrassed by this false kind of worship. But brothers and sisters in Christ, no one seeks God naturally. You didn't. Even though the knowledge and wisdom of God is plain to you, naturally you deny that knowledge. And so... This reality is picked up in Proverbs chapter 8, where Lady Wisdom calls out to all who would listen to her. In this proverb, wisdom is personified. That is, the reality of God's wisdom, which is built into the universe, becomes a person. She is a preacher, telling all that God's wisdom is manifest in the creation, and in the context of the canon of Scripture, God's wisdom is known ultimately in redemption. So God's wisdom is known in the creation, the place where you live and carry out ordinary activities. This is why uh, Proverbs 8 begins with the obvious fact of Lady Wisdom's presence, where everybody is. In ancient cities, everybody, or a lot of activities of the city, were found at the entrance of the city, at the city gates. So the heights, the crossroads, The gates and the entrance of the portals are all different perspectives of the same place in front of the city. Here, judgments are rendered and commerce is carried out. This is the center of life for people 
And wisdom is right there calling out even to those who are foolish. Anybody who will listen, she has wisdom. But how is wisdom heard? Lady Wisdom is God's wisdom personified. According to the book of Proverbs, this would be the wise parent at home or perhaps the elder at the city gates giving out his wisdom. It is the substance um, of the things Solomon speaks about in the book of Proverbs. That is the teaching of knowledge, the teaching of understanding and righteousness. But it is also the basic order known in the creative realm. So again, Paul says in Romans 1 that all people have some idea that God exists. He goes on to say in Romans chapter 2 that the law of God is written on the heart. Psalm 19 says that the heavens speak the glory of God. God's existence and His demands are made clear enough in the creation so that all people are without excuse. Now wisdom in Proverbs 8 uses the logic of creation to inspire people. The origins of wisdom are very old. In fact, verse 22 says that the Lord, that is Yahweh, possessed this wisdom at the beginning of His work, the first of His acts of old. Wisdom was with God from the very beginning and throughout God's creative acts. Wisdom, according to verse 30, was the master workman or the craftsman. However, wisdom did not create but was used by God in the process of creation. Therefore, she understands the basic uh, structure and logic of the creation itself. And if that is true, who better than to tell you how to live? So all people understand this at some point in their lives that there's a right way to do things. Kids uh, line up toys, they build structures, roadways, or whatever, understanding that there's a basic idea of how things are done. And they learn over time from their mistakes that there's a basic way things are to be done. And that's something they're reading off the creation. They're understanding uh, this basic uh, common sense, we say, from the creation itself. And of course... Uh, the uh, writer here in Proverbs is telling you that these things are to lead you to God. Now, if these things are true, who better to tell you to live your life than God Himself? At root in this role, wisdom reveals that God relates to His creation through covenant or a contract. That is, when God created all things, He promises to take care of all things, sustaining all things by the word of His power. Therefore, there is not meaning and purpose in this world outside of the truth that God is creator and sustainer. There is a covenant of order then, seen in the creation, which calls all people to confession of God, commitment to Him, and thanksgiving by following Him and His law. This is precisely to what wisdom calls. As wisdom participated in the creation, she uses this experience to call all people to heed her voice. That is, follow the way of wisdom in life. This wisdom is a call of the Proverbs. Throughout the book of Proverbs, the author uses common things in the creation to shame you into being wise. Like the ant. Oh people, look at the simple ant. It's teeny. This ant is strong and he is resourceful. He stores up things, uh, builds things, is wise. Be like the ant if you can. 
And so, through all these things, you are able to see the logic and the beauty of creation. And you are to notice this order, follow it to God, ultimately in Christ, and to believe in Him. So don't seek out the products of man and his hands, such as silver and gold and other riches. Seek God, wisdom says, who gives man the ability to work. Therefore, wisdom must be treasured and sought out as one would naturally seek out earthly treasures. Wisdom says, I love those who love me. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. So kids, you do not come into this world naturally as wise people. And so you hear your parents all the time saying, understand, seek wisdom. And they are the voice of reason and wisdom in your life that the Proverbs said, say that you are to be. So you are to follow them to get this wisdom, to learn. Seek her and you will find her. But the problem is, her voice is not heard, as Psalm 19 says. The words of the creation are not heard by the children of man because they darken the logic of creation. They naturally dis- deny God's existence, saying there is no God. That's a natural conclusion. The only answer to the problem, then, is Christ, the wisdom of God. So to be sure, people can get wisdom by studying the creation. They can become wise in the mechanics of the world and understand something about God's wisdom. All the people we mentioned at the beginning of the sermon are very wise people only in the general sense. But they cannot be wise in the godly sense of which Psalm 14 and Proverbs 8 speak. Therefore, there's a deeper order in the universe. It's something like C.S. Lewis's idea of a deeper magic. The witch did not understand all things because she had not looked hard enough. Lewis is talking about something slightly different here. But there's a deeper magic, he says, or something deeper beyond the surface parts of life. Redemption is like that. People can only understand that by searching the scriptures. People can even read the scriptures. They can become experts at it. They can listen to many sermons. But they've not found the deeper meaning of the scriptures, which is not obscure, it's revealed. That is that there's wisdom in Jesus Christ alone. So notice, going back to to, uh, Proverbs 8 here, uh, wisdom is not the pre-incarnate Christ. I mean, some people think that Perhaps wisdom here is Jesus before he, be, he became man. Uh, that's not correct. Rather, wisdom here typifies or points to Jesus Christ. And, and uh, John 1 uh, makes this very plain. Wisdom was brought into being by God, but the Word, Christ, is God. He is the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known, John 1.18 says. Thus Christ reveals the wisdom of God, that is how he has decided to act to help fallen man in his foolishness of sin. Lady Wisdom witnessed the creation and was instrumental in it, but Christ is the creator. John says, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Wisdom calls people to get wisdom understanding, knowledge, and to fear the Lord. But Christ is the true light, and all who receive Him, who believe in His name, 
gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You natural children of man, lost in your sin and misery, became children of God by adoption through grace for his sake. So through God's Christ, you became wise to God's character of grace. You could search all you wanted to, but unless the Spirit of God worked in your heart, you would not become wise unto God's grace. Therefore, Christ is the wisdom of God, or the logic behind all things. After all, Christ is a word or the logos. That is, he is the logic or the principle behind all things. He is not a first principle, but the first principle, the creator and sustainer of all things. So Hebrews 1 says, God appointed him, the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He, that is Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Colossians 1, He that is Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Therefore, like Lady Wisdom, Christ understands the logic and order of creation, not just because he was there, but because he is a creator with the Father. He knows how things work in this world. In him is ultimate and final wisdom by which you live. To understand Christ in this way is to understand the wisdom of God. If you wish to become wise, and you should wish to become wise, study Christ and you will understand God, the wisest of all people, if we could use that term. However, the very sons of man, all people of dust, whom he created, became darkness, according to John 1. Even his own people, the Jews, did not receive him. Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the son of man which means he was exalted yet lowly as he identified with the sons of man. And the sons of man rose up against him, crucifying him. But this treachery was a part of the gospel. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, but power and wisdom to those who are called. Christ, the wisdom of God, shed his blood on the cross, and the Father credited his righteousness to you. This gospel is the wisdom and life of which the creation witnesses. But the creation and people naturally within it will not accept that fact. The most foolish thing to them is that an innocent man was crucified on a cross. And that Christians celebrate that every single Lord's Day and they eat the blood and the flesh of Jesus Christ. That is absolute insanity to the people that we mentioned that wrote these books, and to many other people. But brothers and sisters, it is absolute wisdom to you through faith in Christ. Therefore, Christ is the logic, not only of creation, but of redemption as well. In conclusion, God's wisdom is his perfect skill in applying his knowledge in this world for his perfect ends. God's wisdom is the order, it is the logic he has built into the universe. 
God created the universe as a place in which people would dwell forever, living productive lives for the glory of God. But the fall introduced corruption and decay and death into the world. This included people denying God and becoming fools. People could still understand God's wisdom in the creation, but only in a common way that did not lead to salvation. But in God's wisdom, according to his perfect end, he sent Jesus, the wisdom of God, in order to work salvation. In him, you are truly wise and begin to grasp the wisdom of God, which you will study for the rest of your lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.